Welcome back to another episode of Let's Watch a B-Movie, where today we are reviewing a very great, great classic movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know, I set the bar so high. Never I'm sure a lot of people are wondering what movie we're watching. What the hell, today. man? Never have I seen you so optimistic and so glowing at the beginning of a podcast. I know, right? It's almost Folks, like... if you can see the, the <laughs> damn wide smile on his face right now, the man looks like he just woke up on Christmas morning and saw a tree full of gifts under the Christmas tree. And you know what that you know what that gift was? It was the Blu-ray copy of the movie we're reviewing today. Well, will it be a Blu-ray or will it be a lump of coal? We don't know yet. So. Oh, come on. It's Hocus Pocus. What do you expect? I don't know. All right. <laughs> I will say this. I don't like to give my thoughts away at the very beginning, <laughs> unlike some podcast hosts who are just like brimming with like positivity right now. Too bad. You're stuck with it. Anyway. Hocus Pocus. Let's get to Emily's death. What? Yeah, this movie kills a kid in the first five minutes. Hocus Pocus bombed at the box office when it first came out and slammed by the critics. <laughs> this movie was not a hit, but as with so many movies, it hit the video market and became a huge hit over the years. One odd thing, though, is that even though the movie's called Hocus Pocus, it's clearly a Halloween movie, and Disney, in all their wisdom, released this in July. This came out in the summertime. That's why I bombed. I, I don't know what the logic was. Sometimes they do that where they release seasonal movies in the wrong season. Hey, Disney. Um, I know a lot of people don't like Halloween because of the scary aspect of it. Oh, damn. Yeah, that's my Karen voice. Do you like it? No. No? Oh, I'll no, work on I, that. I'll have nightmares about it tonight. <laughs> anyway, the reason I know this, actually funny story i was helping a friend out who we were doing a uh, haunted trail kind of thing for halloween Ooh, uh we scared we, we scared a family and the mom starts screaming at the host pretty much saying stop 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 you're scaring my baby little girl's laughing by the way wow little girl's laughing cheering <laughs> and then she goes on and then you know kind of lose our tempers Wow. So the woman goes on Facebook and says uh, some pretty mess, pretty mean stuff, obviously telling her side of the story. And then a bunch of, let's call them chads, said they were going to come to the house and kick our asses. Ooh. And that's when we very politely said, if you come to the house that has five young girls living there because, because it's a family... You don't have to worry about the father. It's the mother with a shotgun you might want to worry about. Woo. So anyway, back to Hocus Pocus. Folks, like, just, just, just so I can say I'm, I'm on Karen's side. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would have got what you deserved. No, I'm just Negative. We're, it, Not at all. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. One of the comments actually literally stated, I hate the scary part of Halloween. And I'm going to quote Allison with this, and Allison being a character from Hocus Pocus. So it's a nice little transition. Just gonna quote Allison with the fact that Halloween was never meant to be happy and cheery and candy like. It was actually meant to be the one night of the year where spirits, evil or good, monsters, evil or good, can walk the earth from whatever underworld, hell, afterlife they belong to. Yes. So we actually dress up as monsters. And decorate our house as layers in order 
to defend to pretty much protect ourselves to blend in with this supposed spirits that may come through because they see us as humans they will see us as snacks yes and you have to acknowledge that halloween has a dark history behind it Mm -hmm. it's not supposed to be a happy holiday you can't take the halloween candy without taking all the other fun stuff along with it that's how i was saying exactly and we will eventually probably review trick-or-treat and go over the rules of halloween there anyway so one one specific rule is do not eat halloween candy where the wrapper's already half open yeah because there's probably a, a nice little razor blade waiting for you or you most likely just got bewitched by Sarah by Sarah Sanderson get lured to their cottage where your little sister's soul gets eaten and yeah they kill a kid in the first five minutes of this movie this is a Disney movie right yes I don't know what I was watching because all right so just to let the audience know um, Nick watches this movie every year but for Vic Hare hasn't seen this movie since I was a kid first time watching a long time so I'm expecting a happy-go-lucky fairy tale Disney adventure that happens to take place on Halloween. And what I get in this opening scene is a little girl being killed. What? Now, Explain this, Nick. Explain this, man. Well, another thing, this movie is definitely not... It's, I, I'm sorry, this movie is not centered towards kids. Yeah, you got a kind of a kid aspect because you got one character who's eight years old. But this is more going after young teens. Well, yeah. I mean, we're going to get into it. What they talk about is would be a little bit disturbing for the six-year-old. But, and um, I think especially a six-year-old watching a fellow six-year-old get killed in this opening scene would be quite disturbing. And it is definitely geared also more towards a sexual nature. And the very first scene where Binks shows up, is, tries to save his little sister, you see in the background Sarah grab her boobs and say, Ooh, a boy! Wow, yeah, that's actually true. You're right. And what's bad is I never noticed that until Amelia watching with me is like, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> she grabbed her boobs when she noticed the boy. You know, when you're a kid, you don't notice that stuff. But as an adult, you're very keen. You're like, whoa, wait a minute. There's all these undertones I didn't notice as a kid, but now she's an adult. Now, yeah, we just mentioned Emily's death. But if you see in the background when the Sanderson sisters are kind of doing a little dance in the circle, you see the little girl in the background moving her hand, twitching her legs. Well, she's she's an actress, but she's not that good of an actress. So. <laughs> I they, just thought it was funny. They were like, director was like, play dead. She's like, I can move my arms, right? Yeah, just move your arms. Fine. Nobody notice. But here's our first little hint that Winifred Sanderson, the played by Bette Midler, of all people, is actually a pretty ruthless villain. She turns Binks into a cat to survive, to live out not only his family, but also live forever with the guilt of not being able to save his sister. Yeah, you know, I think some people would take this as a, ooh, immortality. Thank you. Some people would welcome the immortality. Even though you're a cat? Yeah. A black cat that no one likes? Wait a minute. People love cats, all right? He's got to find a nice home with a nice family where they'll give him cat treats and Scooby snacks. He'll be, Binks will be just fine. So you do know that black cats actually have a pretty bad reputation of being a witch's cat. Well. Most black cats actually, one, you can't adopt a black cat during Halloween. Well, really? And all the month of October, you cannot adopt a black cat 
because they are afraid that black cats will be slaughtered for a witch's ritual. Well, look, they're clearly right. I mean, this is a black cat who came about from witches, so it all makes sense to me. <laughs> now, but it does say that maybe they're happy now, cats that have earned uh, their souls are possessed by once happy human beings. Well, I'm just wondering. So this whole scene where the Sanderson sisters get killed, why do the townspeople allow them to say their last spell before hanging them? Bad writing on that part. Yeah, because um, they sit there, they say their spell, the people are watching in awe and fear. Like, if y'all just knock down the barrels now, this would be a, just a quick five-minute short film. This is where the... The price is paid of being a Disney movie because in a real setting, a real scenario, they wouldn't yeah, even, mid-sentence, boom, hung. No or they spell. wouldn't have even given them a chance. They just would have hung. Or they probably just would have shot them. They probably would have, yeah, but they probably would have burned them, right? Yeah. So this has been a lot more vicious, especially considering how mad they are that they can't find the son and yep. you killed the daughter. So. Mm-hmm. so now we meet Max and Allison. Maximilian. Along with... I'm just going to name off the characters because they're all kind of introduced in these next five minutes of the movie. Max, who's our main character. Allison, our main crush. Jay and Ice, who... I don't really know how to describe these two. They're bullies. The dumbest characters in the history of cinema. What's bad is, if you actually pay attention to some of the stuff Jay says, it makes me think the only reason he's following Ice is because Ice probably kicks his ass. Jay says some pretty funny stuff towards Ice that makes Ice, obviously, the dumbass. I still think it's dumb and dumber. Oh, they're both dumb and dumber. One of them is dumber than the other, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a later scene, Ice says, man, I don't want to do anything anymore because I'm feeling sick. Jay even says, well, then stop eating all the candy, dumbass. That's true. And then we meet the little girl, Danny. Played by Thor Birch, who actually, I've seen her in a lot of stuff as an adult actress. She actually went on to have a pretty decent career. Yep, so now that we got the characters out of the way, let's get the trick-or-treating out of the way. Find out Allison's rich. Oh. She lives in a mansion in Salem, Massachusetts. Well, wait a minute now. Interesting. If if she wasn't attractive before, she definitely is now to Max. I'm a little bit suspicious of her also because demons and movies and witches they always are rich and always have a lot of wealth somehow so well let's just get to max lighting the black flame candle after warned that if a virgin lights it the so obviously max doesn't believe in the whole witch thing he's from california he just moved to salem yep he even says in an earlier scene he believed that uh, it is believed that halloween was meant was made by the candy companies it's conspiracy by the way did he get dissed by allison where he gave her his phone number and she gave it back to him? Yes. Damn. Happened to me in the sixth grade. Never got over it. <laughs> <laughs> so Max lights a black flame candle. And this is where the sub, the sexual subtext is not really a subtext much anymore. Yeah, this is where it becomes like an American Pie movie because, of course, the spell is that um, if a virgin lights the candle, the Sanderson sisters return. And Max is happy, like, yeah, let's light the candle. He's not denying his virginity like that. The problem is... He lights the candle. And he's getting made fun of by everybody. Including his eight-year-old sister. Who says, sarcastically, when he asks what happened, a virgin lit the candle. I'm just wondering, is she... 
Is she saying it knowing what a virgin is, or is she just saying it because she know because that's te- that's how the lore goes? She seems like a smart ass, so it seems like she knows what it is, which is fine. She can know what it is, but her making fun of him for being a virgin the entire movie. I just don't know what the writers were thinking, man. That is just that is a weird message to send for a young girl. <laughs> By the way, we've got to mention because we just now figured it out. Binks can talk. Yeah, what the hell, man? What what part of the spell was it that... And also, by the way, we're going to let you talk. So, I'm just wondering, was is he only able to talk because the Sanderson sisters are back? Or is, was he able to talk before? In which case, why didn't he say, hey, Dad, I'm a cat now? It's got to be the first thing. Because, yeah, while they're being hung and they're looking for the son, he could have been like, hey, I'm right here. I'm and he a even cat. Goes, he even goes to the dad. He's sitting there meowing. And the dad tells him, away, you filthy beast. But what's weird is when he starts talking there, he's talking in a way of like he's just he's comfortable with his voice, he's comfortable talking. Yeah. If you were a cat and you hadn't been able to talk the whole time, you start talking, you'd be like, "Holy shit, I can talk! You can hear me! You can understand me!" He he talks like he's been talking. Right. So and that's he's like tricky. He goes, "Grab the book. You can talk." Yeah, you notice. Grab the book. It's like, yeah. So really? that that alone, the way he says it, tells me that he's been talking for a while at least. Right. Maybe not three hundred years, but for a while. But now his. Another thing I'm curious about. So, Banks goes over a few of the backstory, including William Butcherson or Billy, as most people call him. The question I got is why give us the backstory of a character we don't need the backstory of yet because we don't even know the character? The character hasn't been introduced yet. Nope. So, why do we need this? We don't. Anyway, so then Banks tells him, I've been waiting 300 years for a version of Light the Black Flame Candle. Why attack Max when he goes to light it the first time? Well, isn't this thing that he's actually trying to stop anybody from lighting the candle? Mm-mm. No, he says it himself. I've been waiting for a virgin to light, to light the black flame candle so I can break this curse. And so I can get revenge on the Sanderson sisters. Along those lines. But he literally says, I've been waiting for a virgin to light that candle. Well, he attacked Max's ass like his life depended on it to stop him from doing right. the so He was why? trying to kill his ass, so... I don't know. Did you notice that um, the damn old museum had a sprinkler system? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is that? Oh, it's still a working sprinkler system. I did have to laugh at him and be like, oh, the great Max. The, um, the burning acid. rain of death. Now, funny, but I guess what's funny is that they actually react. of like, ah, we're burning. So What if they were like, eh, it's just water. So the, pro- <laughs> so the funny thing. With this movie is throughout a lot of this movie, you find you see the power these sisters have, and you're thinking, if this was a serious movie, they would not be ones you want to mess with. To be honest, they're still not after you see a few of the things they do. The the problem is they they are villains, but they're Disney villains. They're Disney villains, so you really can't see the extent of their powers because they're not going around just killing people. Mm-hmm. They're not doing like okay. They can do the same stuff that the Leprechaun can do the Leprechaun movies. So because that, the Leprechaun, you get all these death scenes, creative death scenes. These witches mostly are going to just, like, make bad jokes and fly around and be annoying. Yeah, but the only, um, I guess the reason why the kids are still able to outsmart the witches is because they're, they're using technology against the witches that the witches wouldn't know of. But the witches can just zap somebody. (laughs) Like, what is that when they zap somebody? Well, first they need to be... They need to be in their line of sight to be zapped. Oh so, my god! Which is, we'll get over. We'll go over on the I, first time they beat them. I, the, the the problem is always that just that within the Disney context, these villains. You're right. Like in a radar movie, 
they could be like showing off their shit, but they're damn near harmless in this context. They're they're one step above harmless. <sighs> Do they hurt anybody? I mean, come on. The worst thing they did was at the beginning of the movie. Well, little girl. Well, the, yeah, that is the worst. But uh, now we get to meet Billy. Fun fact, played by Doug Jones, who was already pinhead? somewhat fit. Not no. pin, not pinhead. <laughs> who was somewhat featured in our podcast. Are you ready to hear which movie? Ah, uh, yes. He was a extra in Troll 2. He's a nilbog. He, he was the Amish dude. He was the priest. You feel me? No? You feel me? Damn. No, he was Pan in Pan's Labyrinth. I was going to be my next guest. No, it wasn't. So, Binks Why? gets run over by a bus. More, most importantly, he was not in Supernatural. That's all I care about, that I, he was not that. I need to look it up. I, no, um, no, don't look it up. Don't look it up. <laughs> We're okay. We're assume now. So, now we find out Binks is immortal because he gets ran over by a bus, and then... Well, he has nine lives because he's a cat. Well, he's also over 300 years old. Okay, well... He's like 317 years old. That means he gets free health insurance, so that's good. That also means he's immortal. He's a vampire. He's a vampire kitty. Vampire kitty. Vampire kitty. That's why he attacked Max. He needed blood. It's around Halloween time. You're saying I can't buy a black hat. Exactly. Damn it, man. So, uh, of course, uh, another joke that's mainly towards adults is when Satan is dancing with Sarah, the wife kicks him out and calls Sarah tart face. I did like this scene. The fact that they think this is the real Satan is pretty funny. I'll well, give it that. that and tart is actually an old school slang for whore or slut. This movie does not know what it wants to do. It's a family comedy, but they're on the borderline of going too far. So let's go to the, probably the best scene in this movie. I know, I just thrown everything out. Holy the shit. The town hall party scene. Well, this, no question about it. This is the iconic scene from the movie because of the song we all know from this movie is from this scene. So. Yep. And it also shows, again... The power, and this one, I'm pretty sure it's just Winnie doing the spell. I don't think the other two are a part of this. Uh, you don't need them, so. I mean, I'm sure the other two are kind of giving her the extra boost because yeah. they are saying the spell with her. But at the same time, I still feel like a lot of these is just Winnie doing the spell. The other two may not even have powers because you don't see them do much except for Sarah with their damn uh, song. She's the alpha witch. They're the background singers, background dancers. Yeah, and Winnie, you mentioned that uh, the worst thing they did was kill the little girl at the beginning, which is true. But this, she literally bewitches everyone, all these adults in this place, without breaking a sweat, to dance until they die. That's quite the dance-a-thon. Again, if this was a a rated R horror movie... That's a lot of deaths under her belt right then. That She just out-killed Jason Voorhees. I hope they're at least raising a lot of money for charity with all that dancing. <laughs> so. Well, now let's go to the school with a pretty clever joke. What is this place, Winnie? It's a prison for children. Ooh, that's how I felt all throughout high school. Uh, one thing I, never, I don't think I've mentioned yet is if you pay attention to Bette Midler's hands, she does a lot of hand movements with her character. Yes. Including, if you pay attention to one of the backgrounds, she actually curves her hands to be almost Nosferatu-like. Except instead of getting a shadow of the fingers, you just see her actual hand in the shape. You can tell she's having so much fun. And I'm guessing the director, whoever, 
just gave her a lot of freedom to like take the character wherever she wanted to take well, it. So I found out the whole thing with the hands is she is a Broadway actress mainly. So a lot of her emotions while on stage comes through body language. Yes. Including hand movement. The kids Ooh. using technology again against the witches because the witches obviously will win a fair fight. Because they're not fair. Because they're witches. Yeah. So what they... And also, I don't know if it's all three of them or it's just Winnie, but uh, you see uh, later on that Winnie has some pretty good upper body strength. She can pick this kid up off the ground. This kid's maybe about buck 50. She's a small woman. She's a witch. She has power. Yeah, witch's power. Yeah, it's witch's power. Yeah. But anyway, so they get them into a art room kiln and set them on fire. I mean, yeah, so. Well, you know what they say about the Salem witch trials? That you set a witch on fire and they come back. They're obviously a witch. That's true. Because these witches come back. We, uh, one time in the seventh grade at recess, we thought uh, this girl named Annie was a witch. So it was like, I was like, all right, listen, there's one way to find out. Set her on fire and see what happens. Set her on fire and see what happened to Annie. So that's the whole story. You just so. committed to... You, you just... <laughs> hey, I didn't, I didn't throw the lighter. <laughs> okay, everyone. If Vic is not here next week, we know why. All right. That was a fictional story. Still friends with Annie. She's on my Facebook. That's what I'm saying. So Jay and Ernie say the worst things you can ever say to three powerful witches. Why is it all of these the ugly chicks that are out at 3 a.m.? Mary's pretty funny. Mm. I mean, she, Kathy Najimy, I don't know how to say her last name. I don't know why. But uh, the woman who plays Mary, she is hilarious. She yes. is, she's definitely the uh, dog, the attack dog. Absolutely. Sarah, and then you got Bette Midler, who is the ringleader. And her face is, excuse me. Right. She's like she looked like she was a Karen about to ask for your manager. <laughs> then you got Sarah Jessica Parker. She looked like she was ready to kill. She took that very offensively. <laughs> look, she took time with her witch makeup, and she was not going to be told differently about her looks. So. so, Allison decides to open the book. Hey, the witches are dead, right? They, there's, n- there's no harm in opening this uh, book. Listen, Allison's never seen any horror movies because... In the Evil Dead movies, you don't open you don't open the Necronomicon, and in this movie, you don't open the damn witch's book. Well, unfortunately, they open up book, and a light shoots out. The witches kidnap the way, Annie. We should mention that Allison complains dramatically that she has to go home because it's five o'clock in the morning, and her parents will be mad. And then Allison proceeds to open the book, sit next to him, and never again mention the idea of going home. You've been pa- you're, you're nine hours past your curfew. And you're still hanging out with a boy lately. Remember, she, she did sleep with him. Not in that context, but she still slept with him. And not only that, but they were talking about, hey, I wish you could stay. But the problem is Danny's in the room with him, so what were they going to do? Go to Danny's room? It's kind of sick. I don't know. They just, Having I'm, sex inside your little sister's room? He wants to make sure for the fate of humanity that the next time that candle needs a virgin, that he's not the one to do it. Well, Congratulations. I forgot to mention the sequel has been announced for release for some 2020, 2022 release. 
and Max ain't part of it. I got a feeling we're not going to see Max or Allison ever again. Nope. All I've heard about it is three young women somehow bring back the Sanderson sisters. And it's all the same actresses. Yes. Bette Midler, Kathy Najimy, and Sarah Jessica Parker. All you really need is them. You'd only need... You could actually... Maybe probably got Thor, Bur- yeah. Thor Birch because she went on to actually have like an, an acting career as an adult. The other ones, I don't know if they're still acting. And you probably no. I mean, well, we'll see. That there's no way to get the cat back, really. So, no, damn. Banks Banks doesn't need to come back. He did. Yeah, but a talking cat is pretty much what you need in this movie. So they save Danny because she just got kidnapped. Sarah sings her song and gets all the kids to the to the cottage. This is probably. In my opinion, I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's a lot of other things, but I'm maybe blinded by nostalgia. This is probably yes, the, absolutely, 100. <laughs> percent This is probably the dumbest thing Winnie, Sarah, and Mary do throughout this whole movie is they have a bunch of kids at their cottage. Danny's gone. They, they save Danny. They don't have long before the sun rises and they die. Hey, look, a bunch of kids. Uh, no, I want to go eat that little girl who called me ugly. Lady, you're about to die. You have eternity to do that if you complete this ritual. Yes. You have plenty of other victims to complete this ritual right now. Those three are gone. They don't care about you no more. Her ego is getting in the way, big time. And her ego is what gets her killed because uh, Billy is actually a good guy. She, um, at one point, I have to admire her vocabulary. She calls Billy a... Maggoty Malfiance, I think she said, and then proceeds to knock his head off? Yes. Well, damn. I mean, he deserved it, man. Well, he was do you remember what he called her? Oh, um, yeah. Wait a minute. I got it written down there, I think. Hold on. I don't. I just, I just remember it's fucking hilarious. Damn. You didn't write it down? It was something in the mold of mag. It was like something I've never heard before. It was he like literally, he said trollant, troll, like troll something. Trollant. Trollant. Uh, I don't know. It, to be honest with you, he's he like curses her out in old school language five different ways in one sentence. They were going back and forth with some serious medieval name calling. Oh yeah. Well, we get our fight scene, and this is where we find out. Uh, apparently, they can. The witches can touch hollow ground. They just can't stay on it for long. Because ah. earlier in the movie, Bing says the witches cannot step foot in here because it is hollowed ground. Shows how much he knows. Yeah, because when he falls face first into hollow ground, and it takes at least a minute before she finally turns into a statue. Explain to me why does she turn into a statue? Because she's on hollowed ground. Ah. And then when the sunlight hits her, she explodes. So she got a double death. Yes. Damn. I'm just wondering one thing, because in this movie, it pretty much states that once that sun comes up, they lost their chance of revival. Yes. The issue I have now that I hear there's a sequel is is how are they being revived this time? I, I have questions. How are they going to get revived? It, I think the easiest thing they can do is just say... There's something in that damn book. I mean, yeah, they didn't destroy the book. As long as that book is there, someone's going to find the book. Read some random spell. And they're going to appear and say, Ah, we're back again. It's been another 300 years. Well, I guess it wouldn't be 300 years. But yeah, but... It's been another 20 years. Yeah, but still, like I said, it's just... And then if they're smart, they can really play with 
technology now against them. But what they should have done... By that, I mean smack them in the face of the iPhone. Right. What they should have done, though, is... Un- and unfortunately, with, the- with me saying this, Sarah and Mary probably wouldn't be in it if they used this theory. But instead of having Bette Midler's character explode because the sun hit her, her turning into a statue actually saved her life. Because mm. she touched hollow ground, so she now has to suffer the consequences and turn into a statue. And but when the sun hits her, she doesn't explode because she's already stone. So what mm. they could have done is, after so many odd years, nobody goes to bless this land anymore, and it becomes unhollowed ground, and Winifred is able to return to her natural state. Um. Now the the question so the question is is it too late for Disney to hire you as the writer on the sequel? Too late because the movie's already in production. Damn it! So we're probably gonna get some bullshit that has nothing to do with what you just said. Yes. So back one of them. Well, they, well, remember when she turned to stone, she exploded too. Well, they already killed that idea. Well, yeah, that's true. But uh, so unfortunately, everyone has to watch a cat die. It has to happen in order for him for to- us to get. The real happy ending. Yep. Binks is reunited with Emily, which I'm just curious. Uh, was Emily waiting by the gates for Binks this whole time? What, or was her soul, because her soul was eaten by the sisters, was her soul released after the sisters were fully dead? It's, it's tough to think that she's her soul has been in prison the entire time, 300 years. That's like a tragedy beyond her but death, it then. also feels like a cop out that she's apparently just waiting by the gates for banks for 300 years most spirits because they wait so long is what eventually turns them evil yeah the so i i know that um i know that because of what binks had said that this is kind of the ending they wanted for him i think it would have been bold and still a happy ending just for him to be their new cat now. He has a family. He goes home with them. He's a talking cat. He lives with the family. They, Here's a question. They, they love him, obviously. So After the sisters die, though, would he have still been a talking cat or would he have just been a completely random, uh, real cat that eventually would have passed away of old age? I don't because know. The because the would have been just, broken. It's not explained, though, when the talking came from. In my own canon, I think sometime last 300 years... He just learned to talk. He went to a speech therapist... <laughs> and he developed the ability to t- turn his cat voice, his meowing, into full-blown English sentences. Well, damn. Because, like I said, when he first talks, it sounds like he's been talking for a while. He's like, yeah, of course I can talk, mother. Like, he's <laughs> basically like just... But but I think... I think it would have been a bold thing just to be like, him be like, hey, you guys are my family now, and... He would have been happy as a cat living with them probably too also. And remember the joke. He even said, you're going to turn me into one of those fat, lazy house cats. You're damn right. Yeah. I mean, and then, so they didn't, they, 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 obviously they clearly weren't thinking sequel at all. Uh Uh-huh. Because if there was ever going to be a sequel at that time, you would have wanted, you would still have wanted Binks the talking cat in the sequel. If they had followed up with that somehow, yeah, you just killed anything in the sequel. So. I will say something. Um, the person who plays Banks, Sean Murray, ready to hear what show he's from? Hmm. NCIS. What? He plays McGee. Wow. And you're about, you thought I was going to say Supernatural, weren't you? 
I was about to hit myself in the eye with a microphone, <laughs> blinding myself for the next nine days and being in recovery because of that. Yes. Don't worry. No, he was from NCIS. I bet that's a... Uh... It's perfectly acceptable. Okay. That's, a, that's actually a quality show, so... So let's go with categories. Best performance, definitely by far, is Bette Midler. Bette Midler's having so much fun here. She carries the movie on her back, in my opinion. She's given a lot of room. I think a lot of it's probably improv, honestly, from what I'm seeing. But you're going to see the joy in her face with the scenes. And I think I think I read that she came out in an interview and said it's one of her favorite movies that she's done. Her performance, not the movie itself, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. Maybe either way. But she said it was one of her favorite things to do, so... All right, now, worst performance. Uh, this one's kind of hard because, to be honest, a lot of the performances are still fun to watch. It's got to be one. i got to go with the parents. It's got to be one of the human characters. It's go- I'm going with the parents. The dad was a little bit odd. The dad and the mom, the, the that scene where she's Madonna and she's telling the daughter, <laughs> that was a very awkward scene. Yeah, it's like. That's, again, like, just awkward for, like, a little girl. Like, like mom, who are you supposed to be? Madonna, ain't it she, obvious? And she's grabbing her boobs and be like, yeah, isn't it obvious? I'm like, your daughter is like, what, nine? Like, eight. Eight. Like, why would it be obvious that your big boobs is Madonna? <laughs> right. What the hell, man? Uh, best scene in the movie. Honestly, I have to go with the... Uh, it's got to be the... Um, and I hate musicals, so this, this says a lot, but it's got to be that damn singing scene. Yeah. I put a spell on you! Especially, especially because... You see in her, because the uh, reason I like that scene, it's intense. Believe it or not, there's an intensity to the scene because you know what this girl, this woman is capable of. You can see in her face what she's doing, what she's planning. And then no matter what the kids do, they can't do anything about it. It's, show, it's literally isolating the characters and showing them they're powerless against these three witches to... That they're trying to sit there and just, it, there's an intensity to it. You know, the movie has a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I went in and I read like three of the negative reviews to see what the hell they were saying. And even the negative reviews, they all basically said that this scene was great. So they all highlighted like, even if they didn't like the rest of the movie, they were like, this is a great scene. So, All right. Uh, worst scene in the movie. The worst scene in the movie. Sadly, after, for me, it's the climax. The the climax didn't hit hard at all. I'll say that. Yeah, well, not only that, it was but, unsatisfying. But you know what the climax felt like? And it felt appropriate for a vampire movie, not a witch movie. Well, either, the, the 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 idea of like the sun coming up in my brain that's so associated with like the death of vampires that it felt like they could have came up with something better for a witch movie. So for me, reason it's the climax scene. Unfortunately, is there's really nothing going on. Most of the scene is between Max and Winnie, but yet you still got the other two witches. What what are they doing this whole movie? Well, they're like being held by them on the string, whatever like that, that was, and they, they slingshot them. That was after uh, Max grabs the bottle. Like, when oh, the bottle talking. was falling, they could have easily flown through and grabbed the bottle again. It's like, not only that, but Max held the potion. You know, he she says, smash it, and she dies. Like, okay, so he drinks it. When he could have still just dropped the girl and killed her. I don't know why Max thought that, that was the be-all, end-all like, solution. And, of course, he just put himself in even worse dangers. Like, dude, there's so many ways you could have done this. And he has that 
awkward physical struggle with, with <laughs> like where they're just in the air. And like, right, and then it's like not, it's not really a fight scene, but it is a fight scene. What was that? It's they're like fake, they're like wrestling. Almost. That's why I wish. <laughs> so maybe not PG, but I wish this movie would have been PG thirteen, because then this probably could have would have been an actual fight scene. Again, with the Disney confines, the PG rating. Yeah, this is it. Just you needed more of a oomph here, a little more action, a little more stakes here, and it just ended up being kind of goofy. Yeah, and it, it like I said, for a climax, it definitely felt flat for me. It was the worst part in the movie, and that's bad because I love, I enjoy the hell out of this movie every day, all day. Blah 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 <laughs> blah blah blah. I. I think I had this on VHS once, and I record over, I record over the tape with tremors, as as should be. Um, um so yeah. what would you want explored more? Now, honestly, in all honesty, I didn't love the teenage characters. I wouldn't have been mad if the whole movie took place back in Binks's time. That like that opening scene, because I kind of like movies that take place in those kind of time periods. So if I would have got maybe the first half, the first half of the movie in that time period, and then at the end of the first half he turns to a cat, then we have a whole second half. I would have been cool with that too, man. Like just getting you still have all the you still have the witches, but you get more of their backstory. Or what you could have done is have that scene with Banks turning into a cat be the legitimate ending scene. Yeah. Because then there could have set up because then they could have two movies. You got the whole movie taking place in the 1900s yada yada if, if the whole movie is him trying to get back his sister that's actually pretty pretty good that's yeah stakes or he can him and his friend can go try to plot how to take out the witches and then and then like i said the ending scene is him turning into a cat his sister dies and then you set up the sequel because now because once you hear the witches say their spell then that's sequel bait you're right the beginning of this movie would actually be an ideal ending mm-hmm. you're right as they're getting hung or whatever they give their last spell, and you know there's going to be a sequel. Or you could, or if the movie bombed, they could have left it alone. It's like, well, the witches are dead. And they're dead, and maybe they'll come back if a damn virgin ever blows out the candle. Yeah. So. So, and anything you'd want to change or yes. eliminate? Yes. Eliminate the parents altogether. So what Just, these characters be orphans? No, you don't. <coughs> you don't have to. Ever, you don't have to. You don't have to ever show them. You can have them go away early. The whole day is just him looking out for his little sister, babysitting, whatever. Um, the only problem is then we wouldn't get the town hall scene. The town hall scene was the, the only reason we got that scene is because the parents were there. Just find a different reason for them to go to the town hall. What the witches just zapped them over there? No, they want to go talk to. The mayor? Guidance counselor or the mayor. They're like, let's take this to the head honcho. Well, I mean, what's bad is that they did that. The mayor would most likely have believed them. Yeah. Because the way the town treated them or could have went to the teacher. The teacher could have been there. I would have had the parents turn into mice or something. (laughs) Just have them being mice. At the end of the movie, they can turn back into humans. But have something goofy happen to them to where they're out of the picture. So final thoughts since I'm the one who chose this. Artistic movie. This artistic masterpiece. Artistic masterpiece. <laughs> I'm going to have For the most part, characters are amazing. The score does its job. Bette Midler, peak 
I've, granted, I've only seen her in this one movie. She's actually um, a really famous actress, though. <laughs> I mean, I think she's probably won an Oscar or something. She maybe. probably has. Probably for this movie, nonetheless. Definitely not. <laughs> she won a, maybe an MTV movie. You're right. Sarah Jessica Parker's boobs probably won the maybe Oscar. Maybe a Blockbuster Award. Either way, uh, the movie does a good job telling the story. The only thing is... It's just, every now and then you just get the awkward eight-year-old just snips at the fact that her brothers are virgins. Like this movie is trying to convey the message of virgins get people killed. Apparently, you know what I wrote down about Danny was the bratty little sister that I'm glad I didn't have. Because <laughs> I'd have been like, "Why do you keep insulting me? What did I do to you? I babysat you and took care of you." So overall. Nostalgia-wise and personally-wise, movie's a three and a half, but obviously for everybody else, for people who may who have nostalgic value, but also just looking at it as a movie, sadly, I got to give it a two and a half. Movie's fun, but at the same time, it's definitely not for everyone. It's aimed at young teens, and most people who still watch this movie are really just adults that this movie went for when they were teens. So two and a half, Bette Midler is definitely still best role in this entire movie. Watch it for all October and enjoy it. Nick watches this movie every year. Myself, I saw this movie probably about 20 years ago and haven't seen it since. So I did literally approach it. I'm one of the most nostalgic people in the world, but I did approach it just simply with a critical eye with no nostalgia because I hadn't seen it in so long and I didn't even remember that well. So so just strictly without the nostalgic goggles, as an adult, I'll say this. The movie is entertaining. It is, it's fun, entertaining. The visuals are good. The costume design is strong. It's, it's lightly entertaining. Like there's no scene in the movie that makes you like laugh out loud hysterically. Um, there's no action scene. They're like, damn, there's no big suspense scene. So it's like, basically it's kind of like lightly entertaining throughout, but there's no like big highs or lows, just an even light level of entertainment throughout. It's never, it's never boring, but it's never that exciting either. So, so for me, it's basically a two and a half star movie. Um, like to hit three stars, you have to have like, you can have that same even keel thing, but you have to have some highs. This movie kind of stays at the ground level because of the Disney limitations. It never really is able to like kind of get edgy or push itself. Um, for me, the witches are hit or miss as far as some scenes they're funny, but some scenes are annoying. And you start to get annoyed with them as the movie goes on, I feel like. The teen characters are all good. Performances are all good. Um, I'm going to say two and a half stars. I will say, though, in my brain... The movie is sort of aimed towards children and teens, and they probably would like the movie a lot more. So for them, it's probably a three stars. As an adult, you'll probably swing between two and a two and a, two and a half stars. I think it all depends on, do you find the witches annoying or funny? For me, it's a mixed bag. I can give it two and a half stars because they're funny enough, but I can also see somebody watching them and being annoying as shit, annoyed as hell by them. So... I'm going to go with two and a half stars, but it's a very weak two and a half stars. It could easily be two stars. It's not a movie that I'll watch every Halloween, but I can see where people like it a lot. Anyway, everybody, I hope you all enjoyed our first and probably only time we'll ever talk about a kid's movie. This was Nick's pick, and I can assure you I have vetoing power for his next kid's choice. Halloween Town. 
which will Next be a, year. a full year from now, which I can handle that. As always, have a fun week. And, of course, remember, subscribe on our YouTube channel. Let's watch a B-movie. If you happen to be on my YouTube channel, the Vic Azim channel, that's fine. But try to switch over to the Let's Watch a B-movie channel because we want that to be our main channel with all our stuff. And we're going to have a lot of updates on that and on-camera reviews and a lot of fun stuff in the future. Subscribe to us. Check out the podcast. Please, if you can, leave us feedback. We always appreciate any comments you leave, and we would love that. So, All right, folks. I got to go. Nick's run out of Mountain Dew, so he's got to stop at some random gas station and get more Mountain Dew. I got to go get some more chicken McNuggets, maybe from Wendy's, maybe from McDonald's. McDonald's. Maybe be bold and try Burger King's Nuggets, but probably not. No. Have a good night. And remember, if you're listening to the song Superstitious, Bette Midler's voice is already in your head. And it won't go away. Nope, never. And if you are a cat, go see a local speech therapist. You might be able to talk. Yeah, Max. For 11 payments of 19.99. Yes. Have a good night.